The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Futures are weak after Wednesday's sell-off as yields in the U.S. and Europe tick higher on the back of ECB. Ending QE, slashing their forecasts. Lagarde says inflation's broadening out. Jobless claims, meantime, the highest since January here in the States. Our roadmap begins with those inflation jitters and recession risks, with prices at the pump continuing to rise. Average prices jumping 28 cents a gallon in just the last week. Plus, shares of Alibaba giving up gains. This is signs for hope of a revived anti-IPO. Remember that? Well, they seem to be fading now after a brief moment. And Tesla, most shares are up. Uh, Despite factory shutdowns, the automaker saying output from the Shanghai plant tripled in May. We've also got an upgrade from UBS this morning that we will get to. Carl. All right, guys, let's start with the market volatility and some of these higher oil and gas prices, Jim. You know, it's remarkable. We talked yesterday about the degree to which energy is offsetting some of the declines in metals and agriculture and apparel. Uh, But gasoline demand, as we're starting summer driving season, is not showing any sign of slowing down. No, I mean, look, that's a problem. I mean, I saw lumber at incredible lows. Someone has a copper uh, piece upgrade today for Freeport. I'm not buying that. But what I am buying is the fact that oil is just inexorable. I mean, there's just nothing uh, to stop it. I, Janet Yellen trying to do a cartel, anti, a cartel to be an anti-cartel. There's one place. There's a place that has blue right there in that map, and it's the lower left. And that's where the oil is. Uh, not in Saudi Arabia, and you can do all you want with a cartel. Give me a break. Why don't you go sit down with Mike Worth? Go sit down with Scott Sheffield. Of course, I'm speaking to the president who is a non-entity in Texas, where the oil could expand, given the price, prices that we have now. Um, oh, there we are, restraining global oil. Will you stop already? I mean, I know, I mean, like, do they, they are so clueless versus our own people who know so much about the oil market. Uh, Jim, um, yesterday, Halima Croft made the point, and others have, you may have along the way, about refining capacity. There is I know you Jesus. talk a lot about production and you've said, obviously, the same thing about getting people together and getting more out of the ground. But we've got a real issue with refining capacity. Um, in fact, you know, that may be the more important stranglehold here than the actual production. Yeah, look, they're running these plants flat out. You're not supposed to do that. You can't run them at 101 percent. It's now you can say, well, wait a second. Uh, they're certainly getting paid for it. And they are. Look, the country, the Southeast made a major decision a long time ago that Keystone was going to go through. So they were going to build refineries to be able to handle the heavy crude from Keystone. Uh, there are people within this government who say it didn't matter. Once again, they're in complete denial. Uh, and then when the president said, you know what, we're going to do uh, with alternative energy, I'm sorry. We're just never going to power cars with solar. There may be electric cars, but they're such a small part. Uh, what really does gall me is that uh, we, we have the ability, yes, not necessarily to, to raise refinery, but we, can, we have the ability, these oil companies at 122 would change uh, what, what they're doing. I mean, they're returning, Devin's returning a huge amount of money. Uh, 
Scott Sheffield at Pioneer turning a huge amount of money. They might switch directions and, and listen to the president. Uh, because even though I know, David, that it's going to take yes, a year, it's going to take the a year. The forward curve would change All right. if they would sit down. Right. All right. But, you know, we do still have climate change to deal with. I mean, it's interesting. You know, you say you talk about electric vehicles. Uh, $5 gas will move more people to even buy electric vehicles, it would seem. Uh, now, well, there of course, is, it doesn't matter where you're plugging it in, because if you're plugging your electric vehicle and coal is the major source of electricity, you're not really doing much to reduce carbon footprint. But uh, but you are for solar and wind. I mean, I don't know if you saw that PG&E announcement today. They're going to be, what, 70 percent, you know, within by by 10 years or so uh, in California. Well, look, I, I think all over there are people who are doing good things that we don't. This the government seems to be uh, unaware American Electric Powers for Ohio has lowered the price of electricity to the point that it is a better place for Intel to build plants than anywhere else, because that's a key part of what goes into technology. But you know what, David, I I know you're doing your special June 22nd at 8 p.m., but I really do feel very strongly that everything our government is doing involves Saudi Arabia, involves Europe but does not involve the western part of Texas, as if somehow that's a different country and an alien country. Well, it isn't any of those things. And, Carl, as you know, I spent a good amount of time in that part, uh, both in New Mexico as well, because the Permian Basin is bigger than the state of of Pennsylvania. Excuse me. Um, And we get into it, and that is going to be, I can't ask for a better news cycle, I guess, Carl, in terms of trying to promote our documentary a couple of weeks from now. Uh, yes, indeed, David. Uh, you know, Jim, what was um, instructive yesterday was the response of, of natural gas uh, to this Freeport LNG outage. The thinking was that it was going to create a backup in the States because a lot of that ostensibly would be exported to Europe, which raises the question, what is our responsibility at this point to Europe, given the pain we're going through ourselves? I think that we can make all the difference. I think if we in Australia and, and uh, Qatar were be able to uh, transfer our natural gas, maybe by force majeure by the president, uh, and the and Europe would be on the quick about trying to be able to get uh, the natural gas to dip, to the countries they needed to. It's a big game changer. By the way, here it is again. The natural gas companies are ready to play. The LNG companies, the, the ones that transfer, they're ready to play. But they are uniquely being shut out in terms of day-to-day talks because the president does not want to be seen with dirty fossil fuel. David, the president has a base, and the base, some would like to see gasoline probably at eight, nine. I mean, because they want so badly to have the country be green. But you've got to be brown to be green. Yeah, no, and the energy it, transition is going to take time. Uh, I think that's yes. a fair point. And your point, I think, is just that you can't force it as quickly, even if you raise uh, prices dramatically. That said, you're going to have to put a price on carbon over time and maybe sooner rather than later. And that is going to, by the way, move many of these companies to even uh, pick up their own actions in terms of reducing carbon footprint if they're going to be getting paid for it even more. I mean, imagine if you could do carbon capture in a big way as Exxon wants to. Again, we're going to get into all this in the documentary soon, Jim. But back to the point you're making, I don't know. I mean, natural gas, we're flat out. They're sold out. You know, whatever, I mean, Freeport but or Chenier, whatever they got is going. First of all, most of it goes to Asia under under contracts that well, were I'd say signed force years majeure. ago. You could do force majeure. The president could say, listen, National Defense Act, Russia, Ukraine, that goes to Europe. Only Poland's really ready for it. But you can. there are, are ways to be able to get around that. Uh, we do have natural gas. We have 100 years of natural gas. But, Carl, we don't build the pipelines. 
And the president uh, has uniquely gone even more aggressive in the last few weeks uh, in terms of citing and how long it should take. So, I mean, I, you can you have a really anti, this press is really anti fossil fuel companies. I, look, David, I'm sorry. It's true that he's just anti fossil fuel and he knows his base is like that. And you know what? That's the way it's going to be. And I don't know what Exxon's saying, but the president doesn't seem to realize that these companies are changed companies. And they're ready to talk about being greener and carbon capture. But that's not, the president doesn't seem to understand that. It's okay. I'm not being political. I'm just telling you. David? We're on watch for any kind of pivot regarding that, Jim. Uh, we're going we're to talk about it more in the months to come. Meantime, we've got a bo- volatile pre-market for Chinese names, including Alibaba. They originally moved higher on this report that China considered reviving Ant's IPO. But according to Reuters, Ant has since posted a statement on its WeChat account saying it has no plans to initiate an IPO, citing what it calls guidance from regulators. Jim, there's also sort of a very fuzzy picture regarding reopening versus some incremental lockdowns over there. But what what do you think? Is the door reopening on China Tech? It doesn't sound like it. I know that uh, Eunice Soon's talking about the idea that they've got ahead of themselves and that Ant is still on the list of, of not. Look, Didi, yes, they gave him Didi. I have, uh, by the way, I have Uber on tonight. That could be good news if Didi were to go up. But, uh, David, I got to tell you, uh, once again, America's trapped in these stocks. The uh, people who love these stocks have come on, talked them up. And what do they do? Do they dump them, David? What do they do? I well, mean, I don't know. Listen, they've had a very rough run, although they've had a great couple of weeks here, right? Other than today, this turnaround in Alibaba was strange. Again, remember, the IPO would have been, by the way, just to remind people, the largest uh, IPO of all time. If I recall when I was tracking it pretty closely, and then it just ran into a wall. It, uh, they, they ran afoul of regulators. That's when, remember, people were asking me where Jack Ma is, and people were saying, well, you he's been disappeared, him. and I found him. Do you remember you found him? Yes, I found where him. Where was it? Where he, did you find him? He was home. He was just home. Yeah. Home? Yeah, he was home. I mean, the he wasn't getting powerful. out much. I don't want to say that he was, you know, and we have not heard very often from. There he is, from Jack, uh, since then. Uh, he has been quieted dramatically. Uh, and, you know, you, if you shorted Chinese tech back then, Jim, that was a great move um, because it was certainly reflective of a new posture from the government in terms of cracking down overall on tech. And then we've seen all the things that have followed. It does seem they're starting to take the shackles off a bit lately. We have seen a bit of a rebound in any number of these things, obviously coupled with uh, the, um, the no longer locking down Shanghai. Uh, Beijing, the opening up of the economy, that's been helpful as well. Yeah, but uh, David, is it, is it a crackdown on uh, tech is it, or is it a crackdown on rich people? Does the government feel threatened by billionaires? Well, I think it could be both, couldn't it? Yes. They're, yes. Not, you know, they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah, the government uh, doesn't want anyone challenging it. I thought that Jack Ma uh, was kind of like a pseudo government. And then I realized that he was not when he went into hiding and you found him. <laughs> that it was that he wasn't as powerful as I thought. He was always walking a, 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 a line, and uh, it was always interesting to watch and to speak to him uh, and see what he was willing to say. He, and he knew he was um, because he was outspoken. He was by far the, the most high-profile businessman in the country for some period of time, the richest man in the country. Um, so, Jim, yeah, it was always sort of a, a balance for him. But... Um, we don't hear from much from him anymore. I think that says it all. Love to sit down with Jack and sort of see what he's been up to. 
But well, um, David, could we call him a capitalist and the government communist? Um, I guess. It's kind of an interesting revelation. Yeah, I guess. There are a lot of Americans, including a lot of mutual fund managers, Carl, who thought that China had become capitalist. And, and these are people who obviously have never read the writings of Chairman Mao, which are really hard to I'll, get well, through, but do have although, some gravity. Yeah, Jim, uh, one-month performance on the FXI, that's China large cap ETF, 21% in a month. S&P's up three. Is that well, sort of people? They're obviously playing. She liked the 200-day moving average. I, don't, I mean, you know, Carl, I mean, she wanted people to be sucked back in. He's trying to make things a little better. Maybe the lockdowns are less, uh, more palatable when your stock goes higher. I don't know. I mean, these markets are so manipulated. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. I, I, they decided to let the market go up. And we don't know where they decided to let the market. Do they let the market go up to the uh, top of the Bollinger Band? I don't know. I mean, the government's really very. (laughs) The the government is. I've told. I actually have sources on this. The government is very technically oriented. And I don't mean like semiconductors. I mean like 200 day, 50 day, MACD. They really understand the levels. And I got to hand it to them. They're very, very good. But I don't hear you saying time to start playing Nike, Starbucks, Yum China. Well, I think, you know, Andrew has Starbucks. Uh, then I think it'll be interesting. But I don't get the sense that I think it's too early. I think it's too early to buy these stocks. I think the lockdown, the ro- rolling lockdowns make it more difficult. But we do hear. I mean, look, we have a we'll talk about Tesla. Tesla seems to have a lot of people going. Uh, I know that I t- talk to some of the companies uh, out here and their supply chain is better, but not great. That was the way I described things. Supply chain better, but not great. We are going to get to Tesla, uh, getting a boost this morning, not just on some China sales, but this upgrade out of UBS as they go to buy. Time to be bold, they say. The operational outlook has never been stronger. Take a look at futures. Uh, Tesla will be fighting that kind of tape, at least at the open. We'll get more when Squawk on the Street comes right back. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. As we said, Tesla's up in the pre-market. Last month, the company tripled production at its Shanghai plant, sold more than 32,000 vehicles made in China. That's according to the country's Passenger Car Association. Meantime, UBS does upgrade to buy, says the operational outlook is stronger than ever. Jim, they talk about record backlog, margin momentum, two new gigafactories, structural competitive edge and supply chain. They raised their earnings per share for the next three years by up to 40%. Yeah, you really want to buy the stock after you read this. I, I, I think the headline says it all. Time to be bold. And I think that they're making a call that just says this thing has come down enough. The China news, I think, is uh, it's a verification of what, of what we've been hearing. 
But I think this innovative kind of just going away from the pack is once again a, a, a way to be able to say that Ford and GM don't have what it takes. That's going to become questionable once GM really has the Hummer, uh, large-scale production. Uh, I do believe that the Ford F-150 Lightning is a challenge. But, yeah, I mean, Tesla is just doing better than everybody. It, it is a little aggravating because everybody else is really trying hard, but Tesla's just way ahead. David, when I read what the, uh, what, uh, uh, you know, what the analyst has to say, yeah. uh, there is just a sense, Patrick Hummel, that China must somehow really favor these guys. There's just no way they could have such a uh, such a, a ramp in China without the government saying we want Tesla to win. That's an interesting point, Jim. Uh, I, I have no sense as to whether that's the case or not. But listen, they, what is it? 60,000 units have been lost due to the Shanghai lockdown. And then he goes on to say they expect Tesla to reach 1.4 million deliveries this year, resulting in a moderate 12 percent EPS cut versus prior forecasts. What caught my eye as well, though, is just the sort of the out year targets. Almost 50 billion in EBIT uh, in 2026. I mean, that is still four years out, but 50 billion in earnings before interest and taxes. Put a multiple on that, and you know, you see sort of where you end up on evaluation. Obviously, their discounted cash flow model, they say, gets them back to $1,100 price target right now. So that gives you. Yeah, this is an urgency. Carl, this is a piece which just is a clarion call. It's just saying, get in. And almost every single line item is much more positive than most people think. Uh, I, I think it's a, a gutsy call. Uh, if the interest rates weren't going higher, once again, I think this would be a fabulous call. You need, need to see rates lower to be able to make this thing so that the stock could be at 50 and not just 20. Right. Jim, you mentioned some of the competition, um, but part of this note involves the supply chains that Tesla has locked up. Uh, do we believe their rivals have done the same? And then the charging network, too is going to be an education curve for some of these legacy OEMs, isn't it? Uh, yes, I think the others are still scrambling. I think the others, uh, they are a couple years behind him. But I think Ford does have a lot of, uh, of what, uh, uh, be able to have what it takes for lightning, but not to meet the demand at all. I think that demand far exceeds the supply. Whereas with Tesla, look, they, they, every, time they sell, every time they put out a car, it sells. And uh, this piece just tells you uh, that the company's more liquid, stronger than everybody with a better supply chain. It's an extraordinary piece. It's really well-researched. Uh, and I think that the fact is, is that Tesla, people are in awe of Elon Musk out here. They are not talking about what's going on with Twitter. David, they don't care about Twitter. They care about the fact that somehow this person, Elon Musk, has transcended all the problems that they see and is putting out something that everybody wants versus a lot of the companies out here. Yeah, it's interesting. They don't want to talk about Twitter at all. I do wonder no. if he's gotten any pushback even from employees at Tesla and or SpaceX saying, what are you doing? You know, we don't want your time divided in any way. We don't want your attention taken away from what we're up to, whether that's figured into his decision making at all. By the well, way, you, Twitter, I mean, not much to add. What? That's an interesting point. I mean, Twitter is an asset that is going to really hard to get growth. Everything else he does, growth is at, at his feet. Yeah, I think we can all assume <laughs> that he has had some regrets about his willingness to pay fifty-four twenty for Twitter. Don't think you're going too far in saying that, Carl. Given all his actions since then, uh, there were some reports yesterday that Twitter said, "Sure, have at it. We'll give you the unimpeded stream of tweets uh, to comply with your demands for data." But again, um, everything I 
can find out at this point still indicates. They'll wait for the vote. They'll wait for the shareholder vote at Twitter at this point, it would seem. And then when he doesn't close, they will end up in court. Was that at the time 100 dinner you got that? <laughs> I know. But you know, Zelensky beamed in there too. He, all he did was talk about Elon Musk. I mean, the, nobody, we're not alone. Everybody talks no. about Elon Musk. He kept mentioning Elon Musk. President Elon Musk, and then there's that other guy in the White House. I mean, it really is amazing. I mean, Elon Musk, I, I, I have, I, there are people who just say, listen, he could do Twitter in 20 minutes. He could fix Twitter. 20 minutes. We're going to find out. There's been a lot of talk about actually Twitter seeing the best growth they've seen in years. Uh, and with some new targets, new product offerings, uh, maybe a little more employee attrition, as they said yesterday. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash. We'll get to some of these uh, div hikes that we've seen last 24 hours. Caterpillar yesterday, Target today. The opening bell's in about eight minutes. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shei, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Imagine a beautiful afternoon. The sun is shining and you get to enjoy it all because you just sat down on your John Deere mower. The smooth ride lets you escape into your yard. Intuitive controls make you feel like you're one with the machine. And with attachments for every season, you can enjoy it all year long. We could keep trying to put you in the moment, but to really understand what it's like to drive a John Deere mower, you just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you. It is time for a Thursday edition, cross country, of the Mad Dash. You love this guy, Ollie. I don't know why. Okay. Well, one of the, th- one of the reasons, I don't know, Dave, you probably, I don't know if you got your flyer this morning. Maybe you didn't open it. But if, had you opened the flyer, you would understand why Ollie's could have such a terrible quarter. And yet we see RBC upgraded. We see a bunch of, of uh, analysts saying, listen, you got to own it. So let's go over what there's, what's on, if you, just if you, Ollie's Army, I don't know if you're a member. Uh, what you got this week, the deals are for Sheffman from Hamilton Beach. Uh, you get Hidden Valley Ranch. Uh, gaming chairs, Eureka lightweight vacuums, Yankee candles, fry pans, Scott's miracle Grow, and ceiling fans. David, a lot of these things sound like, except for Scott's miracle Grow, that they are the, this is the beginning of, I think, the target liquidation. I think this is where Target, this is the channel where maybe Target has to get rid of its stuff. I don't know, but boy, Ollie's has, this was the best Ollie's Army note that I've gotten yet. I just wish I were in my Quaker Town, Pennsylvania, Ollie's, because man, is it going to be, it's going to be humming. Well, it goes to a point you were making when we heard that news from Target earlier in the week, which is maybe some deflation? You know I believe that. But because of oil, we've got stagflation. It would be deflation. If you look at Ollie's, they are now, this is now mainstream stuff that is for sale for your home. And it's the stuff that you would expect to be Yankee Candle. Target's always had a lot of Yankee Candle. Uh, when you start seeing vacuum cleaners for sale, mm. think about it. That's those home hard goods that you know Target can't get rid of. Well, look, no one can get rid of the stuff. But if you can, you go to Ollie's because they've got good stuff cheap. David, uh, my store here is in Amarillo, Texas, which shows you how much uh, Ollie's could still have in terms of the reach going west. Interesting. Will you go with me to one, David, please? Um, sure, I'll say yes, but we never do. We always talk well, about going to all these stores. there's water damage books for five cents. Five cents for a book? 
water damaged books. I got one for in April 1945 about about the invasion by uh, the Russian America to Berlin. That's a good price. Cents. That's a good price. And so All it's right. got water damage. Maybe Who I will cares? Go. Who cares? As long as you can read it. Right. Your Alibaba's <laughs> down, David, very quickly. My Alibaba. <laughs> Guys, as, as we make our, um, our, our getaway plans, let's get the opening bell on the CNBC real-time exchange. Of the big board, Anywhere Real Estate, celebrating its rebranding from Realogy. CEO Ryan Schneider is going to join us in the next hour. And at the NASDAQ, it's Heritage of Pride, New York City's official pride planning organization. Jim, speaking of retail, we always say we look for a, a blow-up uh, at the open, and today it might be five. Yeah, I mean, they just didn't have the right merchandise. I mean, I think what happened here with five, they you know it was okay. But Dollar Tree and Dollar General were so strong that you have to understand that by comparison, five below couldn't uh, just couldn't cut it. Now, I went to my Dollar Tree on Saturday. They had an unbelievable deal, by the way, two uh, great greeting cards for, uh, for Dollar. But what I saw and what I think people have to realize is that the Dollar Tree dollar store are regarded as being the place for people who are, are, are not doing that well right now that are strapped by, uh, by oil or gasoline. And Five Below really is uh, trinkets. It's, it's not the stuff that you need. David, what, if I took you to my Dollar Tree, what you would see is everything you need for your home for incredibly low prices. And that's what people are traded down to. The form factor is smaller. That's how they do it. You do not get the large form factor. And sometimes you have to wait in line for a long time. But it is hard to find help, David. It is. Uh, that stock has been a real winner this year, Jim. Dollar Tree up 63%. The merchandise is so much better than it was. The family dollar is so much better. I have to take you. You will. You can eat off the floor of Dollar Tree. Are they Tree treating now. their employees a bit better? Because you and I both remarked. I mean, there was a devastating New Yorker article a year or two ago. I always ask how they're doing since that New Yorker article. And, you know, when you ask someone point blank, they're you know, they're going to say it's a great place to work. But yeah, that was a devastating piece, David. I, I you know, and there you go, trying to intrude on a great stock. I hate to do that. You know I do, Jim. But it was, I mean, those well, it's employees, like I wanted Zendesk I, your heart to go goes higher. out to them. No wonder you they have a hard Zendesk. time finding people. No wonder you they You killed have. Zendesk. I, um, I actually gave people an opportunity to sell Zendesk before today's significant decline after the company said that it is no longer seeking a buyer. Yes, that's the way I would view it, Jim, as opposed to having killed it yesterday. But your point is correct. We did report yesterday that it seemed... Unlikely, highly unlikely, I think you might have gotten from my reporting, that they were going to be successful in selling themselves. Uh, and then they got sued later in the day by Jana, based on my report, who said, you screwed this up and you haven't set an annual meeting. And this morning we got the press release. Let's get into the news if we can, because the company, of course, has been for sale for some time. You can see it's down another 11%. Now, yesterday, it was down sharply, and my report came back a bit. Remember, it was halted for volatility there. But this morning, they say Zendesk Financial Advisors conducted a comprehensive outreach to 26 potential counterparties, including 16 potential strategic partners, 10 sponsors. We engaged in management meetings. We had extensive due diligence process with four potential strategic partners, six financial sponsors. And you know what happened? Only a subset of the financial sponsors, none of the strategics, decided to continue. And that's despite the fact that we extended the process several times. 
We just couldn't find a buyer. We but told David, everybody that yesterday. Zendesk was one of the hottest stocks out there. This is a metaphor for what I keep finding out here. There was a time when booking Zendesk, booking Zendesk was like trying to get, I don't know, a Supreme Court justice to speak. And now uh, you can book Zendesk. I, I've got my team here. Anybody yeah. will come on from Zendesk. Well, maybe they want to. Maybe you want to bring them on and ask them what they're going to. You know what the what the plan is. In terms it's of they were going to change it to angst desk. <laughs> we should point out as well they have set the annual meeting. It is August seventeenth, and interestingly, a little bit inside baseball. I think the the um, record date now is the twenty seventh of June. So to be able to vote at the meeting, you got to have, you know, you've got to actually be a record holder as of the 27th. What does that mean? It means everybody's selling today, all the event guys that have been in there, hope against hope that some of this thing gets sold at a premium. Uh, They're all going to be out. And then you set the annual meeting for the middle of August when there's not a hedge fund in sight who's going to probably know what's going on. Four directors, though, are still up, Jim. Uh, Jana trying to seat four new directors, including that uh, getting rid of Carl Bass. Remember my report on him? those nasty emails he likes to send but uh, just fabulous we'll see where this thing ends you've up. had fabulous reporting the whole time thank you uh, and zendesk again is metaphorical i mean out here uh it's kind of like rescue me please my stock keeps going down my options are underwater my rsus please buy us and then suddenly people have to google what the companies did to begin with <laughs> well uh carl another bad day for that stock and again <laughs> this is on top of the significant decline yesterday yeah. Interesting, guys. Um, some of those uh, former high flyers, Jim, are beginning to get bought once again by Kathy Wood. Bought some Tesla yesterday, but mostly Twilio, uh, Moderna, new position, Unity. And then one of her analysts tweeted about Zoom uh, looking for $1,500 a share by 2026. <laughs> their, gen- their general thought, Jim, is that the number, the percentage of knowledge workers, ex-China, is going to go to 75 that work at least in a hybrid environment. That right now, that number is about 51, they say. Well, look, I, I like Zoom. I think it's a good company. I would like it so much more if they said, look, this stock could go up 20%. Uh, $1,500 price target for Zoom. I can tell you that Eric Yuan right now is saying, how can you do that to us? He is a <laughs> modest, humble man. And suddenly wakes up and discovers that his stock's going to 1500 He wants his stock to go to 114 He'd be thrilled. Hubris! David, hubris! Where are you on this thing now? Zoom? Yeah. I don't know if they did a deal. They have a lot of cash. Uh, well, they tried, they, remember? They tried. Well, they failed. They yeah. failed. They need to do a deal. They've done some good investment. Look, I mean... Uh, Full disclosure, my stepson did work there. Well, does not work there. Uh, but I do believe that they have to become more than Zoom. It, it's just, it's a good, it, they need to make it a bigger platform, David. Uh, maybe Kathy Wood has a, a vision, a dream. She wants to look at it as what it might be. But they, too, would like to, you know, they've got a J.P. Morgan m banker there. I mean, maybe Kathy Wood is vis- envisioning what they could do. Yeah. I mean, we've talked often, though, about how this technology will advance. And, of course, then one wonders, you know, if, uh, your, your friend, Mr. Zuckerberg, and what, what Meta is going to be able to accomplish in terms of allowing people to work in the metaverse. Are you done with the, that, my friend stuff? Well, you did it to me with Baba. <laughs> so, yeah. My I mean, friend but, Chuck Robbins has WebEx. He does. And you never know when, you know, I was using WebEx yesterday. and It was kind of pretty exciting, where Zoom's a little static. Uh, but at the same time, 
Zoom's got the cash to do a deal. Uh, Kathy Wood says things that I think are outrageous. Uh, again, I mean, you just don't do what she's doing with 1500 for Zoom because that's just baffling for Zoom. That This is not Tesla. This is a company that is searching for its uh, destination. Jim, you talked to Chuck Robbins of Cisco uh, last night and I think heard some relatively encouraging things about supply chain. Let's take a quick listen. It is temporary and we're seeing, you see a lot in the news now, we're starting to feel the fact that they've opened up some and hopefully we're going to see that begin to flow through. So I think that's a, uh, a temporary issue. And uh, you know, there, there's a few other, we're still cautious, but there are a few other positive signs we're beginning to see in the supply chain side of things, which uh, hopefully will, will continue to improve. Is that the most constructive you've heard him in a while? It's the most constructive of all the people I've heard. I think that Chuck thinks that things are getting better. He thinks that we're all too gloomy, that we're talking ourselves perhaps into recession. By far, the, the most stalwart person, other than the people who are in cybersecurity, I mean, you, know, you have Kesh Aurora, the Palo Alto, and he would tell you, you know what, this is the, the best of times, none of that worst of times. He's no, he's no Dickens. He's no, he, he, he really does believe things are great. But Chuck was very upbeat. And Chuck thinks that things are loose in Chuck Robbins, CEO of of Cisco. My Chapel Trust owns it. I felt better about owning it than any time in the last six months. Uh, He he really has a lot of things to say that are good. Palo Alto stocks should be much higher. Jim, what what changed? I mean, Chuck was on with us only a few weeks ago (laughs) on the set. Um, It was after their quarter. And remember, we were talking about his concern about coming port traffic, that even when China opens up and then everything gets, you know, how is it all going to get here in, in any uh, period of time that makes sense? Uh, well, what's changed? The, China's opened up a little, David. Yeah. They've, some people are going back to work and they're, what they're making is stuff that Chuck needs. Okay. So it's just the fact that they've opened up in the last few weeks since we saw him. Obviously, he was also on, I think, with Andrew. Um, a couple of weeks well, ago. I'm just trying to understand exactly what sort no, of change. No, it's, it's the, 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 terms of his the opening is significant. The opening significant. Nobody cares the stock's down anyway. People hate Silicon Valley. They really do. What's your big takeaway? You got one for us being out there for the last four yeah, days? Yeah, you don't want to be a venture capitalist. You're not going anywhere. And you should mark your portfolio down. That's what I think. Because those prices aren't coming back. You don't think so? No. Like no. what, what's, what's the conversation like? What, what do you mean? You don't want to be a venture capitalist? Everybody's, the what, are they all like, depressed? Are they all walking around? So, oh, man, I'm going to have to like, do a down round? If I, what? The conversation's like, so what's going on? I mean, you know, last night the conversation at the CFO dinner was, I mean, this wine's good. Well, I like the red more. I mean, <laughs> David, to talk about business is almost, it's like de rigueur. Really? You, know, you don't do it, yeah. You know? You don't talk about business at the table. Hmm. No one's talking about hiring. People talking about layoffs. They're talking about hiring freezes. I got to tell you, David, it's not the same thing out here. They're talking about moving out of Silicon Valley. They're thinking about saying this is no good. We've got all these pampered individuals that are being paid way too much. We can go to Atlanta and crush it. They're sick of the rich kids telling them what to do, David. I'm 24. I'm going to make a fortune here. I'm going to work when I want to. And when I'm 26, I'm going to another per- another place and doing the same thing. That's what people talk about. Interesting. 
Yeah. Interesting. The 24-year-old hubris. Right. And the way to deal with it is to go to Atlanta, Carl. I'm moving to Atlanta. They don't feel that way in Atlanta. I'm going yeah, to rise, Ohio. Rise of the They're rest, Jim. Rise of the rest. They're happy to make a make out here. Uh, you need to spread some of that uh, that wealth and, and that uh, labor equity around the country. I'll tell you one thing, Jim. We can talk about how dark the mood is out there, but Signet with a beat, guiding above, half a billion dollar buyback, up 7%. That's not the kind of thing you hear in a depression. No. Uh, Dave is going to have to go to Mike Chatterd for uh, his anniversary. Uh, look, look, Janet Rosas is just a genius. Uh, and no one, look, the underrated, doing another buyback, huge amount of cash. She's turned this company from a pawn shop with outrageous rates, which is what I thought it was beforehand, to a really good multi-factor jewelry store. Uh, and I just think that I, I'm in awe. I'm in awe of what Jen has done. She will be on at the 1030 hour. And uh, everyone's going to like to hear what she said because she has great, great numbers. And it's really good to hear someone has great, great numbers. He expanded the repurchase. Uh, very good. $500 million. Balance sheet's incredible. And yet, there's still people who question how well she's doing. I have no idea why they would ever do that, because her places are on fire. All right. One last thing, Jim. We didn't mention uh, the target div hike of 20% on the back of Cat's 8% hike yesterday. Um, some try to read Target's hike as a sign of, of confidence, at least in the back end of the year. Well, it's kind of like what David said about Cisco. I mean, didn't tar- Target just tell you some bad things during the week? Now they're raising their dividend. But it does say that, it, that Brian Cornell, when he said that these margins are going to go down to 2%, now they're going to go up to 6%. So why not raise the dividend now? It's a, a pretty hefty dividend. Uh, you know what? If, if you think that there is any possibility of a soft landing, I think you now want to buy Target. But most people don't think that. They think this could be a hard landing. That has to do with the recession issue, David. You know, yeah. the airplane. Although the I airplane would know, analogy. I mean, shares of Walmart, shares of Costco, shares of Home Depot, they're all up. They're all up today uh, well, in a down and, tape. Know, we want a special dividend from Costco. We know that Home Depot actually has, has had a decent spring. Uh, I don't get the, the gloom there. Uh, but you know what? Uh, People just want to talk themselves in a recession, Carl. I really believe that. Uh, it's happened before, Jim. Um, we'll, we'll, try to, we'll try to keep things as honest as possible, at least from what we see here. By the way, quick reminder, you can always get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Kramer. Sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash join the club or just use the QR code on your screen. It takes you right there. Very busy day. Uh, in fixed income today, of course, the ECB leaving rates unchanged, ending QE. They say they do intend to hike 25 in July. We're going to get CPI tomorrow, PPI Tuesday, our own Fed next Wednesday. We got to 305, settling back just a touch. We're back in a minute. We're the strongest economy, and that's allowed us at least to stay on top of and a little bit ahead of what's happening around the world. Second thing is, look, Inflation is the, is, is, the, is the bane of our existence. Inflation is mostly in food and in gasoline at, yeah. at the pump. That is the president last night on Jimmy Kimmel uh, talking about inflation, Jim. And we did get some uh, administration officials yesterday saying they do expect tomorrow's CPI print to be elevated. Yeah, I think it will. Um, if, you can, if you can go on Jimmy Kimmel, can't you go on Mike Worth? Not that Mike is a show, but he's uh, from Chevron. And I really feel like that the president just does not want to be seen with the people who could change the price of the pump. 
It just doesn't. David, I know, uh, June 22nd, by the way, 8 p.m., uh, excellent. I, I do know that there are people who could, at these prices, be talked into raising uh, the production. Still doesn't answer the refinery issue, but you raise the production, you can send it out, you can get refined product come in. But I just think that yeah. talking to Saudi Arabia and talking to Jimmy Kimmel doesn't do it. No, I, mean, I like Jimmy Kimmel. I, I, I think all Kimmel's agree. Great. Uh, at the same time, Elaine, Exxon has a plan, obviously, to increase its production in the Permian dramatically, right? It's all well, a lot of the old XTO energy territories. Uh, they're, they're drilling new wells all the time, Jim. It's not as though they aren't taking production up. They are. Um, yeah, but they need pipelines, right? They need pipelines. going to take a while. For, uh, they yeah, need well, to be able to cite. The president has just made the citing pipeline much harder than it was under President Trump. Right. And uh, that's the opposite of what, he's been, of what we get from the administration. And I know that Jimmy Kimmel is in a very important place to be able to talk. But I also think the boardroom of Pioneer would be a more effective place to speak. No doubt. And listen, I, you know, I think, I mean, I'm always surprised at the reluctance to a certain extent to engage fully with the business community. Such an, I don't get it, but obviously you can understand that given what we do for a living. Uh, I would right. say, though, on the shareholder side, I'll continue to come back at you and say, I don't know about those, I don't know shareholders. You know, I don't know if you're Darren Woods or Mike Worth and you're thinking about your stakeholders and your shareholders and you're saying, well, they may not want me to put that much but money it, it, in the ground beyond what I committed to. 122, they can say, look, you know what, we're going to open this big a little bit. Yeah. We're at least going to make some planning because now it's unlikely to drop 20 bucks in the next nine months. So right. I right. think, Carl, that uh, things it's a game changer that's at 122. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll call Jimmy, see what Jimmy's thinking. Uh, yeah, um, you're right. You're, you're not far away. Might as well uh, while you're in the sort of the, the neighborhood, relatively right. speaking, Jim. But uh, oil close to three month highs, inventories uh, near eight year lows. You know, there's been some discussion. Data Trek, for example, did a nice piece on 140 on Texas would be a doubling. And generally, when you see a doubling in the price of oil, that is a good recession indicator 12 to 18 months out. Well, I remember when uh, oil, Dave, remember when it went to 140 because it was an errant hedge fund? Yes. I also uh, remember when we it have, went to negative 47. Right, but then we have a war in Ukraine that everybody talks about out here. And Belize, by the way, well, that no one's talking about it anywhere else because a lot of people out here had very substantial business in Ukraine. A lot of people they had to get out. We haven't David, talked. It's a different world. It is. And, you know, we, we, we should also talk about food as well. We're, not, we're talking energy. Wheat, Too man. High. It's, yeah. Hey, well, remember, it's, those uh, are- I mean, for us, it's just going to cost more. For other parts of the world, it could be a lot more serious than that. Well, famine. Famine, famine is the uh, m- major source of social upheaval. And I, that's what we need to talk about. Point Jimmy. Uh, yeah, I've been uh, on Jimmy yesterday. We talked about that. I was on the cover of Costco, Costco magazine, and so was he. It's a great venue for serious conversation about the Costco cover. Oh, yeah, and oil. Yep. Uh, I think it was the Secretary of State yesterday, guys, uh, said 200 million people around the world are food insecure. And we're going to be talking about that a lot more as we get closer uh, to harvest time in the fall. We'll get stopped trading with Jim. A uh, bit of a whipsaw here in the first uh, half hour. Dow's back to flat. Let's get to Jim and stop trading.
Maybe because interest rates have gone down a bit in the last hour, but I think there's a very good call. It's being ignored today. This is a Freeport FCX upgrade from sell to hold Credit Suisse, basically saying, look, this is the best stock for stagflation. A lot of people feel we have stagflation there. I just gave you the one to play if you believe that negative thesis. Uh, yep, interesting. A winner in a stagflation environment and soft yep. landing, and they go to neutral, Jim. Um, you got a big, big lineup tonight. Yes, uh, we have Uber, uh, which we're trying to figure out really what's going to on, because if you have a lot of, uh, get some unemployment, you got a lot of drivers. Uh, Shanton and Ryan, and what can I say, Adobe is uh, the commerce, uh, look, it's the commerce play for the web. And if the web is slowing, like a lot of people think, holy cow. And then Gary Steele. We uh, know him from we know him from other companies. He uh, sold a great company, and now he's at Splunk. And Splunk stock it was very hot under Doug Merritt. Let's figure out maybe what happened. Why did we get that that change? We still don't know. When are you, Meanwhile, David, Jim, are you going on you, Ellen DeGeneres to talk about Exxon or just Jimmy Kimmel? <laughs> She's I'll gone. Go anywhere. Yeah, uh, show's, she, show's gone. She's done, right? Ellen's done. Yeah, I'll go anywhere. I'll well, go then on Ellen. Go? I'll go on a on an empty studio that's that's dark to talk about Exxon Mobil. I'll go anywhere anybody wants me to promote our documentary. But will you come on Mad Money? Of course, I will come on Mad Money. Why is that? Because I got you the invite into the Time 100. Yes, it was fun. Did you get all those pictures? Those things we were sending you, me and Benny off. Hey, me and Laura I was Albert, at the CFO council. I was at the CFO council. The Time 100 people, they only wish they were at the CFO council. You didn't respond dinner. to any of those those photos that we were sending you. Because they crushed me. Did I you wish get, I'd been there. Any with Zendaya? If you're not with Zendaya, guys, you I might as well not have me. gone at all. I could not get near Zendaya. I yeah. wish. I tried. David, oh, well, you killed Zendaya. Next time. Jim, you killed Zendaya. Jim's going to be back in the it. next hour. He's got an exclusive uh, with the CEO of Signet, as he said a moment ago. Uh, the parent of K Jewelers and Zales jumping on that quarterly beat. Guidance, the buyback, stocks up 8%. And the Dow's gone green. Don't go away. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.